Hello once again, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the CIAC cast. Very happy to be along with you. The summer starting to wind down. We are approaching the return to school for many students across the state of Connecticut, and that means a return to high school sports action. And we are very excited, as always, to be heading into the fall sports season. I'm Joel Cookson. Happy to have you along with us once again. Got a great show for you this week. Two uh, real good interviews that I think you will enjoy. One, we're going to talk to uh, George Sinnott, the new director of the CIAC Unified Sports Program, talking about all the great work that they are doing and the possible how they're looking to expand the program. And then we're going to deep dive into the high school football schedule with Ned Griffin of the New London Day. So hope you will uh, check out both of those interviews. Really enjoyed talking to both of those gentlemen. It was, uh, as always, good talking with them and uh, we hope that you'll enjoy what they have to say. But um, before we get to that, we want to quickly get into our recurring feature of things you might have missed. But before we do that, as always, we want to pass along the message from our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation warning against the risks of distracted driving. We mentioned uh, going back to school, and this certainly is not the time of year where we want to see any sort of incident with uh, accidents from students or their parents Uh, engaging in distracted driving and uh, quite frankly we don't want that any time of the year but this time of year heading back to school don't let that happen to you keep the phones tucked away in your pockets the uh, the dot reminds us that sending and receiving a text takes a driver's eyes from the road for an average of 4.6 seconds which if you're driving at 55 miles per hour that's the equivalent of traveling the length of an entire football field blind Please do not text and drive or drive distracted and encourage your friends and family to park the phone when they are behind the wheel. One text or call could wreck it all. So push play on the CIAC cast, put your phone away, and uh, be safe out there on the road. So that's uh, our message from those good folks. And then a message from me here as we talk about things you might have missed on CIACsports.com since our last edition of the CIAC cast. Quite a bit of interesting things going on on CIACsports.com. First off, and this is important information, the in lieu of the new concussion legislation, along with new CIAC regulations that were put in place, we've established a brand new section of the CIACsports.com website, which is simply called Concussion Central. You can find the link right at the top of the CIACsports.com homepage, or if you can go straight to concussioncentral.ciacsports.com. It's got all of the relevant information that parents and students need, along with schools, as they try to make sure that they are in compliance with the recent changes to protocols involved in parent education, student education, and parent and student consent sign-off forms. All of that good stuff is there on the Concussion Central section of CIACsports.com. So be sure to check that out as we head into the fall season. This is not just a football issue. This is a sports issue, and it's one year that schools and parents and athletes are all going to be need to kept apprised of as we move forward. So be sure to do that. Keep everyone's health and safety in mind as we follow all of these protocols. Also on CICsports.com, had some information about the Summer Rules and Regulations Workshop that was held here in Cheshire last week for new athletic directors and administrators. Certainly two good days of information there. We've got some information from there. As always, we have 
information on Linked Up, some great stories from around the state, and we also posted the CPTV Sports annual fall broadcast schedule. We hope you checked that out as well as we looked at some of the uh, games that are going to be on the CPTV Sports schedule this coming fall. So I hope you'll check that out, see if your school is going to be featured. We also did a really fun feature on the NFHS Network. We highlighted the top 10 plays from CIAC tournament games on the NFHS Network this past year. That was a lot of fun. You can look through all of those on CIACsports.com. Check out all of the top 10 plays. I think we cheated and may have snuck 11 or 12 in there into that top 10, but a reminder that this, uh, as the school year approaches, is a great time to investigate whether or not your school should uh, consider starting up the school broadcast program, which is really a great opportunity for your school, a wonderful opportunity for your students to take control of broadcasting your events and uh, and a way to get your events out to a much wider audience. So hope you'll uh, consider checking out nfhsnetwork.com. We, we've got the link out uh, in several places on how to get information on the school broadcast program, or you can just contact us here at the CIA see and we'll direct you in the right place. Also a great time to consider signing up for a, um, a season pass for the NFHS Network. We're going to have a lot of great uh, tournament coverage this year and as the, uh, the school broadcast programs continue to uptick, they'll, those games will be available as well with part of your season pass. So hope you'll consider that as well. Go to nfhsnetwork.com and get all of the information you need to sign up for that as well as the school broadcast program. Hope schools take advantage of that wonderful opportunity. And as we go into the fall sports season now, we want to uh, talk a little bit to about Unified Sports, one of the great programs that we have here at the CIAC. And we reached out to George Sinnott, the executive director of that program, to talk a little Unified. Very happy to be chatting now with the new executive director of the uh, CIAC Unified Sports program, George Sinnott. George, thanks for uh, taking a few minutes to talk some Unified Sports with us. You're very welcome. Uh First of all, I wanted to, to start and not to uh, to uh, get too uh, maudlin here, but uh, we mentioned the new uh, Unified Sports Director uh, uh, replacing Lou Pair, who uh, retired from the CIAC and Unified after a, a great uh, tenure. So just sort of wanted to, to briefly uh, take a minute to kind of honor Lou and, and just say, from your perspective, what was some of the, uh, the impact that he was able to have on the Unified Sports Program uh, during his years as the Executive Director? Sure. Lou, I think, uh, was extremely personable to begin with. And I think that personality uh, helped the growth of the program as mm-hmm. Unified. Uh, while he was the director here, uh, the program grew by leaps and bounds. So that uh, I think a good portion of all of that that growth that we experienced over the last four or five years is due in large to a large amount uh, is due to, to Lou Pair's influence and the way he was able to network with principals and administrators and teachers across the state. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, certainly leaves a, a great legacy and a great legacy of success for the, the Unified Sports Programs. And that uh, pretty easily leads me into my next question, and you sort of answered it a little bit, but you talked about the, the, the key to, to lose involvement in the, in the growth. What are some of the maybe other factors that you've seen in sort of uh, trying to explain or, or talk about, quantify why the Unified Programs have sort of been expanding so quickly? I think one of the, one of the reasons for it is that in uh, 2013, the federal government came out with a position um, and 
it's actually a directive mm-hmm. in which the uh, government, the accounting office, did a survey and found that kids with disabilities were not being provided equal opportunities, particularly in the area of athletics, that kids without disabilities had. So they came out with this directive and told schools across the country that you'd have to provide equal opportunities, athletic opportunities, for kids with disabilities. Now that the, the the unified program, especially the way it's created here in Connecticut, uh, really answers that need. Mm-hmm. Um, our school-based program has uh, kids with and without disabilities uh, participating in athletic events and programs throughout the entire school year from September until until June. Yeah, and uh, those kind of those kinds of directives, particularly from the federal government, uh, I think was a wake-up call for, for lots of administrators. And they took a look at their schools, and they took a look at what CIAC and Special Olympics has to offer. And I think uh, that's why they came on board, and, and we get all of these calls to uh, help initiate these kinds of programs in the schools. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and certainly, hopefully, to the uh, I think definitely to the schools' benefits. Uh, you know, once they do uh, create those programs. So we've we've talked a little bit about the the past couple of years, which really have been marked by incredible growth uh, in the number and and breadth of the unified program. So just kind of curious, and and want to ask you sort of what you see as the direction going forward. Where where is Unified Sports uh, Connecticut? Uh, going and, and how does it continue to grow uh, you know as we move forward um, that's an interesting question Joel because um, I think that because of the, the tremendous rapid growth that we have had mm-hmm. we have to kind of redirect our resources and we just uh, our team here our unified team at CIC just concluded a retreat that we had where we tried to uh, uh, come up with a strategic plan for the next three to four years. And what we had, what we are looking to do is to have the conferences, the nine conferences in Connecticut where you have uh, a number of public schools participating in all kinds of athletic events. We want those conferences to begin to take over ownership of the unified sports programs in their high schools. Right. And by doing that, we would hope that the conferences would be able to schedule unified basketball games, for example, mm-hmm. with other teams within the conference. Now, I don't expect that the unified basketball team at Berlin High School, for example, would have a 20-game schedule as right. the varsity does. But they may be able to play four or five games, and then at the conclusion of the season have a uh, a conference tournament just made up of the unified teams. Uh, that's the direction we want to move in. We'll continue to hold our statewide tournaments, but I'm looking to have more involvement on kind of uh, one school against another school. When we have our tournaments, we'll have as many as a dozen to 15 schools with upwards of 200 kids participating. Uh, I think one of the outgrowths of unified sports, and I think the most important outgrowth of it is for kids to uh, become involved in social inclusion. Right. And when you have one team playing against another team, uh, I think that's a much more meaningful inclusionary model than having 200 kids assemble at a tournament. 
Sure. Uh, so that's what we're we're looking to do, and I I think uh, I'm beginning to sense a tremendous amount of support uh, from the athletic directors uh, to move in this direction as well. Yeah, and and certainly if if the goal if part of the goal is to you know enhance those opportunities for competition, uh, you know having more more games beyond just the the tournament level uh, exactly. would, would certainly yep. uh, in help in that way. Uh, talk a little bit about you know I know obviously we we've seen tremendous success and at the high school level and and are continuing to to see success there. And though we don't have uh, all the high schools on board, we certainly have a great number of them. What are the sort of plans or are there plans for ex- continuing to try to to reach out to the middle schools and then even to the elementary school levels in terms of unified programs. Right. We have what we call our pathway program, which is a unified program that begins in pre-K and goes through high school. When the unified program first began, it concentrated its efforts at the high school level. But we have, over the last two years, had a tremendous growth in uh, elementary schools as well. And again, going back to Lou Pair, I think... uh, a part of that is due to the fact that he was an elementary principal himself and had mm-hmm. lots of contacts at the elementary level. Uh, we have one person on our staff who's, who's uh, dedicated to the elementary programs, and she, uh, Beth Rasmussen, has, has done a great job over the last two years in reaching out to the elementary schools and starting programs there. So um, at, while... We are trying to have leagues and conferences take over ownership of the the high school programs. We're at the same time looking to expand our elementary and our middle school programs. We don't have as many at the middle school as we would like. Um, at the high school, we just did some uh, statistics on this, and uh, there are 142 public high schools in Connecticut that are eligible to have unified sports programs. And of those 142, 104 have the program. Great. And I just today have one, two, three, four, five, six, eight more high schools <laughs> that are, have called to, to uh, start a program. So at the high school level, we have a plan. And we are very satisfied with the numbers that we have. But we are going to uh, begin to concentrate a little bit more on the young athlete program, which is the pre-K to grade one program, and then the elementary programs as well, grades two to grades five. Right. And, uh, yeah, certainly uh, uh, kids who, who would also love to have those opportunities that we talked about. So uh, just kind of final question then, and this is more of a just kind of a nuts and bolts question. Uh, along with, obviously, you know, the the – the need and the desire to to sort of follow the the federal government guidelines and all that sort of thing. Uh, Why would you say that schools should get involved with the Unified Sports Program? And then if one of those schools that isn't uh, is currently listening, uh, how do they go about starting one? Well, I think the the benefit of the program, and we have seen this over and over and over again uh, in, in feedback that we get from the schools that have the program, is that it does a tremendous amount of good uh, to help create a positive school environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I know at the, at the high school that I was at, uh, we had a program for many, many years, and it's still in existence. Um, and I could see that uh, there was a general acceptance. Uh, all schools have their cliques. 
but the group that uh, the kids involved in the unified program, that clique was respected by all the other cliques in the school. And I think uh, that kind of environment and culture in the school is very positive. Uh, if schools want to begin a program of unified sports, they could contact us here at the CIEC office. They can contact me directly. Um, as the director of the unified program, and we will be happy to come to the schools and uh, explain our program to them. Uh, we do have some monies available to give to schools to start up the program. We have a grant from the federal government that enables us to do that, and uh, and we would be very happy to come visit schools bring some materials and talk to their administrators, athletic directors, and teachers. Wonderful. And uh, yeah, certainly hope that uh, that anyone listening at, at a school that doesn't have a program would uh, would take advantage of that. It's it's one of those things every time we, we do a feature on it here on the podcast or, or that I write about it or, or talk to anyone about it, it always seems that there's positive uh, positive mm-hmm. feedback involved with the, with the unified program. So yep. hope that uh, hope that folks uh, continue to take advantage of the great opportunities we have in Connecticut. So George, uh, best of luck to you as you uh, continue to grow the program, and uh, and thanks for chatting with us. Thanks very much, Joel. I appreciate it. Thanks very much to George for taking the time to chat with us today. Uh, really, really encourage folks, if you if you are happy to be one of those listeners whose school does not have a unified sports program, whatever the level, that you uh, – Take a do a little bit of investigating and, and talk to some folks and see if you could something that you could start up at your school it really is just a wonderful program that that seems to bring so much so much benefit and joy to uh, to the folks that are involved with it at each of our member schools really one of the the better things that happens out of the CIAC offices here is the the great work that those unified sports people do and uh, George really leading leads an excellent team and they will really uh, help walk you through the process and help you get on your feet so hope folks will take advantage of that now we mentioned that the fall sports season believe it or not is right around the corner and what better way to get started the conversation about that fall sports season than to talk to Ned Griffin of the Day of New London. Ned knows the high school football scene in the state just about as well as any media member, so we wanted to talk to him to get a little bit of a perspective on where fans of high school football should best be spending their weekends based on the upcoming schedule for this season. On the phone now with Ned Griffin of the Day of New London newspaper, and as I said, uh, this his lonesome polecat uh, blog is one that you are going to absolutely have to check out throughout the football season if you consider yourself a fan of high school football in the state. So, Ned, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me, and thank you for uh, the very kind plug. Absolutely. Remember, remember, folks, web hits means more revenue. There you go. So uh, visit off. Visit often. Hits. Keep those hits coming for Ned and the uh, the good folks at the day. You, of course, can also see some of his work on our uh, the Max Prep section of our uh, our very own CICSports.com while we're doing shameless plugs. So, um, but we wanted to chat with Ned because his first uh, real post of the new season laid out sort of some of the noteworthy games of the upcoming high school football season. So we thought it'd be sort of fun to uh, to sort of go through some of that and say he Ned picked you know some 
games each week uh, that were certainly noteworthy and be ones that fans want to check out. But we're going to uh, hold his feet to the fire a little bit now and say, if you can only go to one game each week and you're a high school football fan in the state of Connecticut, what would be the uh, the sort of dream schedule that you would lay out over the course of the year if you wanted to check out as many of the good teams as possible? So we gave him a little bit of homework on top of his, uh, his already prodigious uh, column output and uh, – so we're going to see what he has to say, Ned. Is that uh, that good for you? Prodigious. Oof. Such a vocabulary. Hey, we're trying here. We're trying to uh, to just if I can't match your word output, I'll uh, you know in volume I'll at least do my best with uh, with the vocabulary. But uh, well, you can definitely beat me in that battle. <laughs> so the uh, the football season will kick off uh, Wednesday, September 10th, and, and teams that didn't have spring practice have actually already begun their conditioning practices at this point. So let's uh, let's start with Week One, uh, as you as you pointed out in your column. We're going to start a little early on that Wednesday. Uh, going through the weekend, but what's the what's the one game you think fans uh, should most want to hit in that first weekend of competition? Well, because it's the first week, are we allowed to cheat and, and give it and give a game of you know game Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, just so everybody can just barrel right into this season? I see. Or do you, any, or do you just want I don't one? See any reason why not? We'll we'll allow. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll I'll, be I'll be I'll be quick here. Then. <laughs> uh, first night of the season, you go to Cheshire. And you watch them play Ridgefield. Ridgefield is a consistently fine team out of the FCAC, uh, old reliable, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cheshire, uh, a few coaches have indicated that they could be a sleeper if sleepers even exist anymore in sure. our uh, social media uh, information age. But uh, and it's also the first game of the season. It's got a 6 p.m. kickoff. There's your first game of the season. Uh, the following night. Head over to Seymour, watch them play Amity, a uh, an old Housatonic League foe for those of you who are uh, oh middle aged or older. Okay. Uh, they also had a fine game last season with Amity rallying for a 24-21 win. So you you get that into your uh, you get that done Thursday night, and then the following night it will be the game uh, of attraction. Uh, that is uh, Glastonbury at Southington. Sure. At the seven o'clock kickoff. Um, you know those are the those have been the two powerhouse. Uh, class double L teams up there in the Central Connecticut Conference. Glastonbury has been a consistent participant. This, uh, you know, this is uh, six years now, six years in a row they've qualified for the double L tournament. They have, as always, suffered huge graduation losses, you know, somewhere in the long the lines of over 20 players. But this is Glastonbury. They've got that reloading thing down. Perhaps mm-hmm. they will always challenge. Southington. Of course, is your defending class double L champion. They return nine on defense, and that was a defense that was very fast, very quick. They they use that to their advantage as opposed to having bulk. Uh, the offense is going to be a little interesting. They're going to be moving uh, moving some players around to the graduation. Uh, you know, offensive line needs a needs a little retinkering. Their receiving core is supposed to be better than last year, led by senior Alex Jamelli, who had a state record 29 touchdowns last season. And, you know, the other reason to go see this is that they've played very close games the last few years. Uh, you know, last year, Southington needed a late touchdown at Glastonbury to win. A uh, year before, they played twice, uh, once in the regular season, once in the playoffs, and they split those up and, uh, with close games. So uh, that would be the game to go see on uh, that uh, Friday, September 12th, week one. Uh, I'll also note that Southington has a fine, fine chance of getting – first place votes in both the 
Day of New London coaches poll as well as the New Haven Register writers poll. So that's a, another reason why you would want to check that out. So there's your week one. Absolutely. We like it. So, uh, and also just, I won't steal all the thunder from the column so that people can, uh, will go check out Ned's, uh, writing about that first week, but also several key, uh, you know, interesting games from the, the SEC FCAC, uh, challenge, which started last oh, year. Oh, yeah. Um, absolutely. So a, couple of, a couple of real, uh, interesting tilts, uh, that folks will see with those as well. So if, uh, if they, if that, for some reason, the Southington, uh, Glastonbury game doesn't catch your fancy, you could, uh, check out some of those other contests. So now, uh, Yes, Kane in Hand or Xavier Staples uh, would be our recommendations there. Surely. All right, moving on to week two. We saw uh, we, we split things up for the first week, but uh, now we're sticking to one game per weekend. So who, where are you going in week two? Week two, uh, Friday, September 19th, you will head down to Greenwich and watch it play Darien in a game that could possibly double as a FCX championship game. Mm-hmm. Darien last year surprised some folks making it all the way to the Class L final. Uh, you know, this season they are going to be a beast defensively. Uh, it is one of the bigger lines that uh, head coach Rob Trafone has ever had in this long and distinguished career. Uh, you know, defensively they're going to be led by a sophomore by the name of Mark Evanchek, a defensive end who was just a beast last year for that team. Uh, and it's because of that defense, because they have so many back, uh, that many people are talking them up down that way in Fairfield County. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greenwich had, has seven back on both sides of the ball. They are one of the Gatsby's, uh, a phrase that Mike DeMauro here is very fond of. One of the Gatsby's of Connecticut High School football. Yes, uh, they have one of the more interesting tailbacks in the state of Connecticut by the name of uh, Austin Longy. Uh, or Longy, pardon me, this is his third year as a starter. Uh, he'd be what you would call a whippet back. Not very big, but very speedy, very tough. You can use him a thousand different ways. Uh, he's made many, many teams look dumb. Uh, he'd be a reason alone just to go see Darian Greenwich. And uh, it's worth pointing out, Greenwich has an amazing schedule to start the season, as they will start at West Haven, home for, Gren- uh, home for Darian, and then followed up with a game at New Canaan. Wow. So we'll know right away if Greenwich is the real deal or not as they walk the gauntlet to start the season. So that would be your week two game, Darian and Greenwich. Yes, two uh, as you said, two uh, two very uh, prolific programs, and yeah, certainly a fun uh, fun FCAC battle to uh, to get things started in in week two. Let's uh, let's check on, move on to week three, and I should uh, note that one of the caveats I gave Ned uh, in preparing for this assignment was we do want to try to. Uh, you know, fans don't want to be seeing the same team every week. That's no fun for the the high school football fan if they're looking for the true experience. So he may be bouncing around the state a little bit as we go th- through uh, through this process. So just wanted to uh, to get that. I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the uh, the intro, but now we'll uh, dive into week three. Who are you? Uh, what's what's your game for week three? Week three, we will go down to Naugatuck Valley. We will go see Holy Cross play Naugatuck. Uh, 7 o'clock Friday, September 26th. Uh, Holy Cross and Nuggets both started a lot of youngsters last season and both fared quite well. Uh, Nuggets just missed out on qualifying for the state playoffs. Uh, Holy Cross was part of a group in the NBL that they just all sort of beat up on one another. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, a, B, a, B, 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 C, C, B, A. Uh, you know, they will both be uh, 
uh, teams to watch out for in the NBL, both possible playoff contenders. Uh, Jason Bradley is the quarterback for Naugatuck. He's starting his third season, and that is a very quarterback-intensive offense that Naugatuck runs. Uh, Craig Bruno's very, uh, how shall we say, uh, tie-dyed and technicolor offense. Very, sure. very, uh, very elaborate, very fancy, very wide open. So uh, that would be the game to go see week three. Alrighty, so now we'll uh, we, we've dr- drifted up into that Naugatuck Valley League. How about uh, how about week four, and uh, and where are you sending us uh, the week of uh, weekend of October second, third, and fourth? Well, week four we're going to cheat a little bit here, and I'm saying cheat because uh, this team will be appearing again. Okay, that's fine. Uh, that's just the way life works sometimes. Uh, we're going to send you down to lovely, rustic, deep river, Connecticut to see North Brantford play Valley Regional of Old Lyme at 6.30. The uh, North Brantford reloaded last season. They had played in the Class S final in 2012. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rebuilt, reloaded around a lot of youngsters last year, including uh, junior quarterback, now senior quarterback, Eddie Miller. Uh, And they would finish 7-4, respectable finish in a season where they graduated just a lot of talent. Uh, Valley Regional, they were the class of the Pequot Conference, uh, Pequot Football League last year, been unbeaten, uh, and were a few minutes away from making it to the state final. Uh, they return, you know, they got hit a little by graduation, uh, but they return a lot of uh, good quality starters, such as Justin Chevier, their running back, linebacker, real throwback kind of player. He's been starting since a freshman. This is now his senior season. Uh, receiver. Chris Jean-Pierre, who is a gifted athlete, uh, multi-sport athlete. He'll be moving from receiver to quarterback. Uh, so that's a good game to get a gauge on both the Pequot and Class S races. There you week go. Week four, North Brantford at Valley Regional. I like it. All right, uh, moving into week five. What do we got that week for us? Week five, you're going to go to West Haven, uh, Notre Dame of West Haven, to be uh, precise, for the annual... Uh, battle of West Haven, West Haven versus Notre Dame of West Haven. Uh, really don't have to give a lot of narrative other than sure. this could be the state's most bitter rivalry. There is no love lost between these two schools. Uh, and it's always uh, brought up that West Haven head coach Ed McCarthy is a Notre Dame graduate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's nothing he likes better than to beat Notre Dame of West Haven. Uh, you know, much like Army Navy, if you have to only win one game, you know that one's going to be it. So, West Haven, Notre Dame, West Haven. Watch the passions from both the field and 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 in the stands. Absolutely, and uh, and I think it's also fair to say uh, that th- these are not teams that are only going to be winning one game. Two very strong. Uh, uh, very no, strong West Haven. West Haven is one of the West Haven, one of the Gatsby's we mentioned before. Notre Dame, West Haven. Uh, you know, they finished five and six last season, but. A lot of youngsters. They'll be pretty solid this season. Good speed, not a lot of size. Indeed. All right. Now, uh, uh, October seventeenth, week six. You point out in your column two uh, marquee games that weekend. So you got to choose yes. one. Where are you sending us? Uh, well, I, I'm going to cheat again and give folks the options. Uh, there are two fantastic games that night uh, that would qualify as game of the year. Uh, the first be played over at Fairfield Ward with hand playing Fairfield prep in possibly the Southern Connecticut Conference game to see this year. 
Hand is a team that's going to get a lot of looks for number one. They reloaded, retooled last year with a ton of sophomores and juniors. Uh, they have 15 of them coming back, and this is a group that played, uh, quite frankly, the schedule from hell. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they played anybody from, uh, you know, Fairfield Prep and West Haven and Xavier within league to playing Class L finalists New Canaan and Darien out of league. Uh, and like I mentioned before, 15 of those players back. They are big up front, which is a change of pace for hand. Uh, definite Class L contender. Uh, Fairfield Prep last season, they had a return to dominance as they went all the way to the state final, were halfway from winning the Class Double L championship. Uh, they return a solid core of that team, including quarterback Colton Smith, who is uh, one of those one of those quarterbacks who also doubles as a running back lots of times. Mm -hmm. Very dangerous player. Uh, also feature Anthony Palazzo up front, a monster-sized offensive lineman who is Boston College bound. Uh, I'll mention that last year, Hand was one of the few teams to beat Fairfield Prep, beat them 35-27. So Prep will have uh, some revenge on their mind. You know, and so that is that would be one game you might want to look out for. And then the other one, a wonderful, wonderful interconference game as part of the NBL SWC uh, challenge, mm -hmm. Ansonia at Newtown. Uh, Ansonia, as everyone surely knows by now, is on a – 43-game winning streak. They've won three state championships in a row. Uh, if if they make it to Newtown and they are 5-0 and at that point, they would have 48 straight wins. One more win would tie the state record held by Cheshire. Cheshire, which I'll note, broke Ansonia's record. So from a pride standpoint, Ansonia would love to be able to both tie and later break that, get sure. that back in there, get that back in their camp. Uh, Ansonia, they graduated a lot of players. They uh, really took a beating up front, graduated uh, pretty much the entire offensive and defensive lines. They graduated UConn, now UConn uh, freshman Arkeel Newsom, who basically torched the state record book as it, re as it comes to scoring and rushing. Um, but this is Ansonia. Ansonia just throws new players in there, coaches them up, and they go on their way and win. Uh, Talik Bagley will be the player to look out for this year. He was uh, he gave Arkeel Newsom a lot of uh, breaks last year playing running back. Uh, he will be the next great Ansonia running back. Uh, as far as Newtown goes, they're your two-time two-time SWC champion. Mm -hmm. uh, they played last year in the double-L quarterfinals, and they might be better this season. Uh, they bring back 15 starters, uh, have to break in a new quarterback, which is of some concern. The upside is that whoever it is, the little quarterback, has one of the state's best receivers in Julian Dunn, a three-year starter. Uh, he leads a very deep receiving core. They are big. They are fast. They're a quality state championship caliber kind of team. So if Ansonia wants to get uh, wants to tie the state win record, they're gonna have to earn it at Newtown. Yeah. So there are so it's a shame that both of those games are in the same night <laughs> in a perfect world they would split them up. So but uh we felt that uh, it was more than worth our time explaining why those are two games 
not one you should look for that week. No, that's understandable. And those are both a lot of fun, as you say. Right. The uh, those uh, you know the, those conference uh, cross conference matchups that some of the conferences and leagues have uh, have adopted really lead to some fun games like that uh, that Ansonia Newtown game should be a really interesting kind of uh, measuring stick for both those teams and uh, and their respective leagues. So we need uh, more of them. Yes, indeed. Let's uh, keep that message out there. Moving on to uh, week seven. What do you have for us that week? All right, week seven, we're cheating and going back to Newtown. All right, well, that's uh, okay. as Newtown is If you chose to go see Fairfield uh, prep in hand the week before, now you can go to Newtown. Yes, now you can go see Brookfield and Newtown in what could be the de facto Southwest Conference Championship game. Uh, Brookfield last season, very young, a lot of sophomores and juniors, and they made it all the way to both the SWC title game where they lost to Newtown. Uh, they also went all the way to the Class M championship game where they were uh, clubbered by a good St. Joseph's team. Lots of those players are coming back to Brookfield this year, including the entire backfield of running backs that are that will be Danny Jackson or Robert Drysdale are your wing backs as they play the mm-hmm. double wing offense, otherwise known as God's offense. Yes, indeed. Uh, fullback Austin Reich is also back. Uh, so that'll be the game to watch out for. It'll be interesting, too, Newtown going from playing Ansonia to playing uh, one of their toughest conference games on back-to-back weeks. That bears watching. That's never easy to get up uh, for a big opponent uh, twice in, this period, uh, in a period of seven days. So Friday, October 24th, week seven, Brookfield at Newtown. I like your it. game. I like it, and yes, as you mentioned, Greenwich's uh, brutal schedule early. That's a tough little stretch for uh, for Newtown to uh, to navigate as well. All right, yes. week eight. Let's uh, let's see what you have in store for us that week. Uh, week eight, we're cheating again. We're sending you back down to Deep River. Uh, this time, you're going to go watch Valley Regional play Morgan. This could be. This could be the Pequot Football League game of the year. All right. Morgan last year, very young. A lot of noobs, not a, a lot of youngsters to start and form, including quarterback Jake Ward, who only ran for 2,576 yards and 41 touchdowns. All right. Their offensive line last season was ginormous. Uh, so it was impressive when Valley Regional was able to contain their running game. Uh, by all rights, this should be Morgan's year on paper, given what they have back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valley Regional, uh, always well coached and a lot of pride there. A lot of always a lot of good players there. Uh, a Pequot game you should look for. Play Pequot game you should go check out on Halloween night 6:30, and also watch uh, Ginny Mislick, otherwise known as Miss Tim King, the head coach of the football team. Watch her lead the student body through Zumba at halftime. Well, there you go. So you go and you get in, get in shape a little bit, too. Get in and shape, that. absolutely. All right. your half-time, Zumba halftime entertainment. And that can't beat that at all. All right, uh, week nine, I have a feeling you may be keeping us in your neck of the woods in the eastern part of the state, but what do you have for us week yes, nine? Yes, we, week nine, we're finally bringing you down to uh, our neck of the woods and to New London County and come see New London play at Ledyard on Friday, November 7th at 6.30. This is the ECC game of the season. To be quite frank, there's not a lot of games that pop off the page in the ECC. This one, however, leaps off the page and grabs you by the throat. Mm -hmm. There's no love loss between these two schools. Very fiery rivalry. New London last year, uh, they may have been a year ahead of schedule. They started a lot of youngsters uh, and somehow made it to the state playoffs. Uh, 
uh, in the process beating Middletown, which Qualit which made it all the way to the Class L semifinals. They also knocked off an NFA team uh, that uh, played for the Class Double Up, um, played in the Class Double playoffs. They are led by a defensive end by the name of Jay Hunter Roman, who goes oh about six foot six, two hundred and forty pounds. Sure. Getting looks by a lot of D1 programs, and not just anyone, not just any top programs. We're talking about Ivies as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's both terrifying and bright. Mm. That's a, and then Ledyard, yes, and then Ledyard, much like New London, they were ahead of schedule last season, uh, made it to the state playoffs and gave St. Joe's probably their toughest game, and I say that being that they only lost by about 30, <laughs> uh, but the score was up in the 80s. <laughs> yes, it was. That was uh, a wild one. Yes, uh, that was a good one to chart, uh, having gotten to see that one. Ledyard brings back the bulk of their, these, uh, bulk of their team, uh, they have four of their five offensive linemen back, quarterback Ty Ebden, who arguably the best quarterback around these here parts. He's back for his second season, and as is tailback JoJo Shoemaker, who has uh, gotten a lot of good looks from colleges around the area, uh, quality tailback, and basically he they ledgered road JoJo last year to a win over New London. So and yeah, not only is this a a local battle between two schools that don't like one another, these are two teams that are also in Class M and Buddha willing, they'll see each other in the playoffs. Uh, but if they don't, then you get to see them here. There you Week go. Week nine, New London at Ledyard, Friday, like November seventh. All right, uh, getting into the stretch run here, November fourteenth, uh, Week ten. Where are we going? Week 10, you're going to go see Windsor and Glastonbury. Windsor, uh, which we have not gotten to yet, Windsor has so, so, so many offensive players back. Uh, lots of lots of speed, and the rich got richer in the fact that Benny Fulce III, who was a top tailback for Capital Prep Achievement First the previous two seasons, he's transferred into Windsor, uh, giving a team that already had more than enough scores, giving them another score. This is a team that, uh, you know, last year, a little on the younger side, uh, Rob's meeting thought they didn't play up to their potential. That shouldn't be a problem this year. Mm -hmm. They are going to be a class L threat. Uh, and it's also probably going to be Windsor's first big challenge of the season. So week 10, Friday, November 14th, you are going to Windsor at Glastonbury early 6 p.m. kickoff. All right. Uh, now, week 11. We're starting to uh, inch towards Thanksgiving, but we will not be looking ahead to that. First, we want to know where uh, where we're going on that week 11 uh, champ, uh, slate. Week 11, we're going to give you a choice. Uh, on Saturday, November 22nd, Connard plays Hall, scheduled for 1.30, provided they don't get lights. Mm -hmm. uh, in the annual West Hartford skirmish, uh, one of the older rivalries in the state of Connecticut that is not featured on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Conard last season had what was for them, and well, <laughs> what was for anybody, a very down season, a rare down season for Conard. Uh, and they will be coached by, uh, oh, God, I'm forgetting his first name. I feel so bad. He is the son of Rob Sosimo. I should remember this because Rob Sosimo was my gym teacher. <laughs> and once a science teacher. So I should remember Rob Sosimo's son's name. He only played at UConn, but I can't remember his name right now. Oh, such is the joy of suffering too many concussions in your lifetime. Sure. Uh, Hall last season. Hall was the only team that knocked off Southington. And Hall is always a perennial class double L contender. 
Uh, so, but the main reason you want to go there is it's a rivalry game. And I should also note the FCAC is supposed to have their championship game that day, provided the two teams involved do not play the following week on Thanksgiving. So there may or may not be a championship game that day. All right. If there isn't, you go see Connor Hall. If there is, then you choose between Connor Hall and the FCAC final at a site in time to be announced. All right. And On now, to Thanksgiving week. The big, the big one. Where are we? Yes, uh, where are we going uh, on those faithful uh, late November days in uh, right around Thanksgiving? Uh, we're going to do one last cheat here. Thanksgiving right. Eve. Thanksgiving Eve, I should say. Uh, you're going to go see Windsor at Middletown. This is the second big catch for Windsor. Uh, last year, Middletown got Windsor. They beat them. Uh, they were much. Middletown looked a lot better last season than they do on paper this season. Uh, one thing Middletown does have going for them is the return of quarterback Dario Highsmith, who only accounted for almost 3,000 yards last season as a rusher and passer. Uh, he was he's your reigning Gatorade Player of the Year. This is also a battle between two teams in Class L, so this will be very important for seeding. Yes, so that is where you'll be going to on Thanksgiving Eve at Middletown, 7 p.m. Uh, Thanksgiving Day, we're going to send you to one of the state's oldest and most passionate rivalries, uh, and these are two teams that have been mentioned before, Naugatuck and Ansonia. Okay. This could serve as the de facto Naugatuck Valley League Championship game. Uh, Ansonia, by this point in time, will be more than experienced with all their noobs. Naugatuck, on paper, looks like a team that will challenge Ansonia this year. Uh, and this rivalry has only been going on for well over 100 years. Uh, and so always making it one of the premier Thanksgiving Day games to see. So that is where you will be going to on Thanksgiving Day, 10.30 kickoff. In the morning, that is. I like it. All right, so that is your schedule, high school football fans. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna that run. is your that is your schedule, and then, and that, then you have your semifinals the following Saturday, and your finals on December 12th and December 13th. Yes. Hopefully, both dates. Yes, indeed. Paul Hoey, Leroy Williams. Make sure you have games on both days. The more games people can see, the better. All right, we'll uh, we'll take that under advisement as well. So we'll uh, quickly run through here. Ned Griffin's. Uh, Expert uh, advice on where you should be sending spending your uh, your fall weekends this year. Week one, we let him cheat. You're starting off Ridgefield Cheshire on the opening Wednesday, followed by Amity and Seymour uh, on the Thursday, and then Glastonbury Southington on Friday. Week two, you're going to head down to Fairfield County and check out Darien taking on Greenwich. Excuse me, Greenwich. Week three, a battle between Holy Cross and Naugatuck. Week four, North Branford versus Valley Regional Old Lyme. Week five, we've got the Battle of West Haven between West Haven and Notre Dame West Haven. Then he uh, he couldn't bear to pick uh, week six to get two great games hand in Fairfield Prep and Ensonia Newtown. Week seven, Brookfield versus that same Newtown team. Week eight, we've got the Pequot battle between Morgan and Valley Regional Old Lyme. Then we head to the ECC week nine with New London taking on Ledyard. Week 10, we've got Windsor and Glastonbury. Week 11, you have either the Connard versus Hall rivalry game or the FCAC championship game. And then Thanksgiving week started off with Windsor versus Middletown and finished it up with Naugatuck and Sonia. 
So those are the uh, the recommendations, and I'm not sure we could have uh, done much better than that. So Ned, uh, wow, I'm I'm very impressed. You ran that all down. Hey, you know, were, taking, were you taking were you taking notes, or was that from memory? No, I was taking notes. I got about halfway through, and so oh, I should probably write okay. it down because I'm never going to remember. Well, so fine now, job. And by the way, I should go back to mentioning this. Mm-hmm. Matt Sersosimo is the new coach of Connor. Matt Sersosimo. Matt Sersosimo. I do not know how I forgot Matt's first name, but Matt Sersosimo is your new Conard head coach. And I'll note, just the third coach in Conard history. There you His go. His grandfather, Bob McKee, started the program, handed it over to Rob Sersosimo, his son-in-law. And now Rob's hands it over to son Matt Sersosimo. Well, that's very cool. So there is your, there is your McKee Sersosimo love there from me. Absolutely. Connor graduate. Let the record know. Let, let the record show that uh, Ned Griffin did come up with the name in the nick of time as we were wrapping up. Yes, I, I apologize to Matt Sersosimo <laughs> and all the Sersosimo family. Well, you, you have. But been, it wouldn't be the been, first time I aggravated or Sersosimo. There you go. And now you may get invited to dinner after that game. Uh, Probably won't. So there you have it. That is your itinerary for the high school football season. If you are limiting yourself to one or maybe a few more games uh, per weekend, depending on how uh, how strictly we hold you to the rules. But uh, as I said before, if you are uh, following high school football in the state, you are going to want to check out Ned's uh, writings at his Lonesome Polecat blog uh, on the day newspaper. If you're not doing that, you're just not doing it right here in the uh, the state of Connecticut. So, Ned, we uh, Aww, now my heart just swelled. Three sizes too big. Well, there you go. We uh, we appreciate all of your expertise, and uh, we're looking just like you, looking forward to the season. So uh, thanks very much for for taking the time to uh, offer all your insight. Much appreciated you having me on. Gracias. Always fun having Ned on the podcast, get his great perspective on high school football. Certainly follows the game and uh, follows the stories and the players and all that good stuff, as well as anybody in the state. And as I said in the interview, got to keep track of his Lonesome Polecat blog every week. It's uh, the best way to keep tabs on the high school football season. So thanks again to Ned for being with us, as well as George Sinnott for talking a little unified sports. That is going to do it for this edition of the CIAC. Cast. Hope you'll check out all that good stuff we mentioned at CIACsports.com. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at CIAC Sports. Great way to stay up to date with what's happening. New stories are posted. All that good stuff you can find at CIACsports.com or our Twitter at CIAC Sports, Facebook.com slash CIAC Sports. You can get in touch with us there. One thing we're going to want to do or going to try to do as we head into the fall season, encourage folks to email uh, or tweet us with pictures of their teams starting off their fall practices. So we'll, you'll see that on Twitter and Facebook as well. We'd like to start a little uh, photo gallery of teams beginning the fall competition. So you can send those along to Cookson at CASCIAC.org or to send them to CIACcast at CASCIAC.org. Either one will work, or you could just tweet them to us at CIAC Sports. Lots of good ways to get those to us. We hope to... Uh tweet out and post a lot of those great pictures as teams get their fall sports practices underway. We are heading into the fall season. Hard to believe the summer has gone by quickly, as it always does. We'll try to get back to a little bit more regular posting schedule with our CIAC cast once we get into the heart of the fall season. But for now, we thank you once again for listening. I am Joel Cookson. Thank you for joining us on one more edition of the CIAC cast. <laughs>